Okay. I I had things ready for today uh, to continue the discussion on knowledge from last time. I reached out to my guest and rescheduled for next week. Tonight uh, there was um, I'm I'm sorry. I'm a bit uh, uh, I I went to my my niece's dance recital tonight. She did an incredible job, if you were curious, but I was... I've been distracted by the rest of my evening. Tonight, I was there, waiting outside of the dance hall, when a kind woman named Chantel asked if I had a light for her cigarette. I didn't, but that didn't stop her from standing next to me with an unlit cigarette in her hand. I called a lift to get home, but it was surge pricing and I just... Um, These last two weeks, trying to step away from the Aliman myth has been... I... I thought I was done with it. I felt like I could move on, but the stories have only increased in frequency. I could never read all the stories I've been sent in my lifetime on this podcast. Not if I read them, day in and out. When Chantel stepped closer and said that she liked my show, she hadn't heard of knowledge. I shrugged and smiled and I tried to be pleasant. But even as much as I've enjoyed it, and I'm writing the book, and... Um... I... I just wanted a night to myself, you know? I wanted to be there for my niece and to have a pleasant evening and that was to be it. But Chantal leaned in as if I hadn't heard her. She noted, I've enjoyed your Aliman episodes. She had to be specific, I suppose. Oh God, I, I should really start from the beginning, uh, if I can. No, I... I just... I met the Aliman tonight. Uh, or I think... Uh, I think I did. So... Um, Chantel reached out the other day, said I was talking about her, but that she wasn't the Aliman that she wanted to meet. I said in that episode for her to reach out, and she didn't. But she saw me tonight, or was waiting for me, or was stalking me. She told me all of this while I stood there, a bit confused, outside the dance hall. That she thought about reaching out, but decided not to. So I asked her. She said I had been talking about her, but that she wasn't the Aliman. So who was she? She said, I am the people who meet him. I took a moment to compose myself. My lift cancelled itself, uh, so I didn't have to, I suppose. I shook off my tiredness and asked if she wanted to talk. She nodded and we walked a few blocks down to a bar. I have tried not to go places generally these past years with the pandemic, but I have my shorts and my mask and the bar was relatively cleared out. It's being a Wednesday. She ordered and said it was on my tab, so I decided to let her drink alone. 
I gave the tender a ten and uh, he passed back my change, but I left it on the bar. I felt foolish for paying in cash as he would have to hand it back to me and I tried to avoid touching people's hands. I intended to leave it as a tip or to pay for another drink if she needed one. I should note that Chantel was dressed, um, I would say that she was a sex worker and she confirmed this herself just as I noticed that it looked like I was whining and dining her. I always keep a notebook and a pen on hand, so I pulled them out and she laughed. She asked if this was a formal interview and I nodded. If I was buying her a drink, then I should try to get something out of the ordeal. First, I asked her what she had meant when she said that she was the people who met him. The Aliman, I, I mean. It was about at this moment that I noticed how quiet the bar was. Then I noticed the bartender had his back to us ever since he got Chantal a drink. And the bar wasn't quiet. It was dampened somehow. When we had entered, there had been music playing. Now that I listened for it, it was still there, just quieter. So quiet, I, I couldn't make it out. When I looked at Chantel, she was smiling. I had no illusions about what was happening. It was exactly what I had been hearing about. The stories I had been reading and hearing and sharing. So I ignored her. I stood up from the bar and walked around the room. No one in the bar but us and a man with his head down in a booth. No one walking past the windows. She asked what I was doing. She was there at the bar after all. So I returned. I asked her, Is this the Aliman then? And she shrugged. I looked at the change on the bar and saw an assortment of coins. A couple dimes, a nickel, several pennies, some quarters. I counted it up and it was a dollar thirty-seven in coins besides the bills. There was no reason for the tender to have given me so many coins. But it meant I had plenty of coins to offer someone who only takes change. Enough to offer any combination I could dream of. Then she asked, Do you still want that joint? I laughed. She laughed. But when I looked at her, I realized we were laughing as part of it all. I got... I got the feeling that she could offer me anything if I just knew the combination of coins to give her. It felt so much more real in the moment. I told her I didn't remember how much it took to get a joint and she chuckled at me. She said, you're the lawkeeper, that's on you. I've been thinking about that a lot. It felt very much like a title, like I called the thing the Aliman. It felt, it feels really wrong. Like she named me, so I'm part of her story. It, it sits poorly with me, even now. I shifted the coins around a few times in different combinations. The only coin cost that sat at the front of my mind was, of course, 17 cents. I set that aside and shifted the remaining coins for a moment. Then I asked if I only got one trick 
and she shrugged again, sipping down her vodka tonic. I realized that I really didn't want to have my own Aliman story at that moment. I don't want my cards read by someone with supernatural intent and goals. I think the benefit of tarot readings from people is that they are so true to their intuition. There's a flexibility of the mind that wants to fix things. And I didn't want some being to tell me some perfect truth, some actual deep spiritual soul peering advice. What I wanted was to ask her questions. So I brushed the coins aside and grabbed my notebook and asked. I have uh, I have a whole list of uh, things that I wrote. We spoke for at least two hours. I bought her more drinks as the night went on, but I never gave her any money. I was careful with that. I asked her who she was, if not the Aliman. She said I knew her name already. She wouldn't elaborate beyond Chantel. I asked her why she did the tricks for specific amounts of change, and she laughed. She said she didn't. Some Aliman choose to, but she just does what people need. I asked her why it takes some who don't seem to choose it. The spirit, I mean, if the spirit picks and chooses. And she shrugged her shoulders. She said I was asking the wrong questions. So I asked her about who she was and I learned a great deal about Chantel. She gave me her name freely, her real name, but she told me not to write it, so I won't. She told me about growing up in Kalamazoo and her kind but poor parents and her abusive husband and her daughter whom she loves more than the world. She told me about how sometimes she disappears for a bit when performing. I asked her if she was disappearing right now and she shrugged again. She said she wouldn't know until tomorrow. And after learning about her school friends and the asshole mailman who used to lose her packages on purpose because she wouldn't screw him. After learning so much about her life and writing it all down, I realized I didn't know what I was even doing. None of this was useful for the Aliman research I was doing. And, and none of it felt useful to me either or for this show. The more I realized what was happening and what I was doing and how I was spending the evening, the more I realized I didn't even know what I would do with this knowledge. All of you have listened to me for episodes and episodes of, of me analyzing and questioning and critiquing myth, this myth. And no matter how I approached or changed my approach, I always made sure I was doing a better job removing myself from the situation being a better, more objective researcher. But this wasn't just getting a first-hand account. It was being the account, being in the myth itself. And that doesn't... It just doesn't make sense. It felt like a, a lucid dream, like I was becoming aware of the dream and questioning it. But it didn't end. I had a brief moment of panic where I worried it was a dream, that questioning it too much would pop the bubble and the sound would come rushing back in and I would wake in my bed. But it kept going. I asked her if this is how it normally works. 
she told me that no one had come to her for such questions before and she didn't know. Normally the performance is short. It would have ended by now. I asked what thing I would do that would end it and she shrugged once more. There needs to be a transaction, she noted. But I pointed out that I had been buying her drinks and she had been providing answers. It was a transaction already. And with uh, Percy Maclay Ortiz, this was exactly what had happened that led to the performance. Mm. Chantelle shook her head when I said Percy's name. She didn't know who that was. She didn't know who sometimes here was. And she didn't know any of the stories I was sharing in the show or bringing up there at the bar. She could give me stories of her own time spent with people. She seemed to know something of what I've talked about. She had joked about the joint. But she normally is just performing in various ways with sex or dance or speech. Or yes, the tarot. So I finally just asked her what I really wanted to know. What should I do with this encounter? I realize now I must have seemed foolish, confused, lost, and I was all of those things. It felt like I was one of my listeners who have been begging for their own Aliman encounter. Felicity on that last episode of the topic. There have been so many fans who have wanted nothing more than to meet the Aliman. And here, I had her. And I... I was wasting it, floundering, asking useless questions, learning about a sex worker named Chantelle, which isn't useless, but... Uh, but nothing really about the Aliman. Nothing about what I've been researching. Nothing about the nature of myth or my own focus on it. She never answered me when I asked what I should do, I mean. She just turned and drank and sang lightly with the music at the bar, which was still muted so quietly I could barely hear it. So, I launched into my academic questions, the questions I had never answered well. What is the Aliman spirit? Is it related to gods? How long has it existed? How long has it used her and had it used Chantal as a vessel? Is it the same spirit in all corners of the world or is it different spirits? She said she figured it was likely very old, but she didn't know. It's been with her since she started dancing as a kid, but she didn't know much about it, like Chantal didn't know much about it. There was the spirit and there was Stacy, the woman, and together they are Chantel. But Chantel herself doesn't know much about the spirit, because Stacy doesn't. Um, I asked her if I could use that name, Stacy, and she said yes. So I suppose that makes the Aliman itself a unique thing. Um, so uh, neither the spirits nor the person, but what they are together. So there exists no Aliman in all the world that can talk about the spirit, what it is or how it works. Just this middleman of their combined self. And I chuckled at that. The Aliman is just who meets in the alley between two streets. Chantal is just the woman who meets the Aliman. There is no great answer to be had. Even with the source itself, 
I would never know anything, really. I can't place her in a pantheon or among a mythology of any culture. I can't... Uh, I couldn't do anything but be present and bear witness to it, exist in the moment of the myth alive, which feels more like the work of a poet than a researcher. So I shuffled the change on the bar and grabbed the 17 cents and slid it to her. She took it, and from her handbag, she drew out a large and strange tarot deck. But it didn't feel strange to me. It felt so... so natural, like the most normal thing in the world. She didn't shuffle it at all. She merely drew a card from the middle of it and handed it to me. She said, I've given you a lot of my night, so let's keep the reading short. The card is the Queen of Strays. As I know, you will all ask. I didn't get any answer for what it meant, and as I sat at the bar, looking at the face of this grumpy cat on the card over, Chantelle slid off her stool, stretched her arms, and patted my shoulder as she left the bar. It took me a moment before I realized I was singing along with the music in the bar. The moment, stretched as it was, finally ended. I met the Aliman tonight, had my own experience, my own story, but all of my approaches to cover it felt pointless. If anything, I suppose, all my questions and pushing and prodding just stretched the story out and made it certainly less interesting than some of the others I've received, less poignant. There was no message. And now I have to be the Aliman myself, don't I? In sharing this, uh, performing it, I am as much the Aliman as Chantel was. <sighs> I... I spent a few minutes wondering when I got home what I would do. Should I even tell anyone? Who would that serve or benefit? Do I... Do... This is uh, some self-reflection, I'm sure. At least Kelly will appreciate. But do I want to be questioned? Do I want to be the new subject of discussion? If I share my story, I open myself to the scrutiny that I myself have asked my viewers to consider. Do I deserve the benefit of the doubt automatically in my own show? Or do I deserve to be considered from every angle? I thought a lot about even the last episode. I spent some time making judgments about the social implications and whether or not it was a good or safe myth because of that. What language did I use about Chantal so far in this recording? Did I say something that gave away my othering of her as a prostitute? Did I project my feelings of who is other or fringe who could be the Aliman and come up with her? I looked it up, the card, and I found no meaning to the card until I found it on Seven's Kickstarter. It's a card he made. It's not even... I don't know what that means. That a card he made ended up being the one I was given. Not even a real tarot card, or, or rather, not a traditional one. It feels more like a laugh at my expense than anything. 
I will probably ask him what it means then, much as I am loath to do it. I wrote it all out, the experience, and almost sent it to Fred. But I... I... I don't know what that would have been worth, what it would have done. I don't need Fred Pennyland to walk through the meaning of what happened, or to tell me what sounds believable or not. I, I, I don't need that. My other Aliman, sometimes here, said it. Something about, um, we don't share our stories just to be heard, but for belief. And I found that so strange when he said it. We almost always tell people stories to share, instead of to be believed. What he said was so backwards. When people have stories of the impossible, we tend to keep it to ourselves, to avoid being judged or disbelieved. And yet here I am, realizing that I don't want understanding at all. I know what happened. I don't need someone to pass it for meaning with me. I've already done that. I did it during the encounter. I rang it dry of every ounce of meaning and secret truth. I just... I, I just honestly, strangely, impossibly hope that someone hears this and, and that they believe me. So, do you? I'm Udwa Kinyang and I have played Dr. Ala Okoye throughout the Aliman podcast. The Aliman podcast in all its incarnations, from modern mythologies to urban folklore, to plays of Colorado, to the tales of the Aliman, is a podcast that was produced, written, and directed by Seven Dane Asmund. It has been licensed under a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, share-alike international license. The Aliman character was created by Seven Dane Asmund and is based on the character created by them for the Aliman's tarot. Intro and background music was produced by Sean Dingo and the outro music was produced by Seven Dane Asmund. I have been joined by Bill Patterson as Fred Pennyland, Kim Ramon as Percy McClay Ortiz, Kat Veld as Kaylee Sourflowers, Austin Moret as Sometimes Here, and Noah S. Brown as the first episode's Alley Man. Additionally, I was joined by Bill, Kim, Kat, and Noah in the Tales of the Alley Man episode. On my part, it's been such a great experience to work with Seven and voice Dr. Alo Koye, working with such a great group of people, talented people, in Bill, Kim, Kat, Noah, and Austin. And I just wanted to say a big thank you for allowing me to be a part of this show. Thank you, Seven. So, with that said, the Urban Folklore subreddit and Dr. Okoye's emails will stay up for posterity, so feel free to reach out on those platforms, which you can find in the episode's description. Seven is honestly planning to write Dr. Okoye's book of research on this, so if you're in love with this mythology, stay tuned and continue to share your stories. And thank you for joining me on this journey, my mythologians. As always, thank you for listening.